You are listening to the End Around Post Game Podcast. I am Matt Tabeek of AtlantaFalcons.com, joined with Will McFadden. The Falcons fall 24-10 today at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Will, good to have you here. Uh, lots to unpack. Thanks, Matt. Yeah, as always, glad to be on here with you. Uh, wish we were discussing you know, a win instead of a loss, but we're going to dive into it, and we're going to see what we can come up with. Yeah, the Falcons now uh, stand at one and three. Will uh, you know two and two? We kept on saying looks a whole whole lot better than one and three, but the reality is they're one and three. Uh, we're a quarter way through the season. We've got twelve games to go. Um, there was uh, some good, some bad uh, today, but uh, mostly not so good, not so pretty. Um, your takeaway from today, your your big takeaway. I mean, my big takeaway is is when you're at one and three. It doesn't matter what other teams are, what other teams' identity is, and, you know, frankly, your opponent. All that matters right now is is you and this team. And Dan Quinn said it multiple times after the game, is they're going to look hard at, at this team, at this Atlanta Falcons 2019 team, to figure out what's going wrong because there are some things going wrong. They've had slow starts. They've had penalties. They're, this is not the team that we've seen be so explosive at times, and so – that's my big takeaway. When you're one and three, like you just said, that's different than two and two. When you're one and three, you got to figure out what's going on in, in your own house and you got to get things cleaned up because this is in the NFL and, and any team on any given week can beat you. Yeah, the Falcons, it just uh, got into that early hole uh, today and just, you know, the, Fal- the, the Titans scored all 24 of their points in the first half mm-hmm. and really. Um, didn't need to do much else in the second half. They were pretty conservative. It felt like their whole game plan seemed fairly conservative. Um, coming into this one, you thought, okay, Derrick Henry is, it begins and ends with Derrick Henry. The Falcons did a really good job of bottling up Henry, the 6'3", 200, and I don't know what he is, 40 or some pound, bruising running back. Um, did a good job of bottling him up, Will, uh, for three quarters. I don't really want to look at the fourth quarter so much, but, you know, we, he, he had a big fourth quarter. They just – it wasn't so much he had a lot of long runs. But, uh, you know, they, they bottled him up. But it was Marcus Mariota who has yet to throw a pick this year, the only NFL quarterback in the league to yet to, who hasn't thrown a pick yet. Uh, he, play, he executed, and he hit the uh, – the rookie receiver for two of those touchdowns. He had three touchdowns in the first half. Um, the Falcons just really didn't have an answer for that passing game, and that—that's what really surprised me the most. And, and you know, they had the, the Titans. Will had surrendered 17 sacks coming into this one, and the Falcons didn't touch him once all game. Yeah, it, this was a team, and Tennessee is known for its rushing attack. You know, with Derrick Henry able to break a lot of good runs, and like you said. I really, really think the Falcons did a great job, an excellent job at stopping the run. And since that week one loss to Minnesota, this has been a team that has played fairly well against the run. The inside additions of, of guys like Tyler Davison and Allen Bailey have brought out another level in Grady Jarrett. They stopped Derrick Henry, but just like last week, the issue wasn't necessarily on the run. It was allowing the quarterback to have enough time to sit back and find those open throws against his own defense. And there are going to be open throws against his own defense. That's exactly and what happened. Yeah. Exactly. And when you allow, when you combine that, when you combine some easy throws to get yardage with mental mistakes or, or missed tackles, such as Desmond Trufant failing to bring down his guy on man coverage on that first touchdown, a 55 yard touchdown pass. When you combine 
the inability to get pressure on a quarterback, which allows him to sit back and take those easy yards, which let an offense move down the field with mistakes that lead to big explosive touchdowns. Mm-hmm. It's really hard for that to look good. So as good as the run defense looked for Atlanta, and they kind of took away maybe the scariest option on Tennessee's offense, the collective hole wasn't there today. No, Marcus Mariota finished uh, – he had a f- really solid first half, but he finished 18 of 27, two, 227 uh, passing yards. Nothing eye-popping but the three touchdowns. Um, I'll tell you what, the rookie, A.J. Brown, he had three catches for 94 yards, and he had a 55-yarder for mm-hmm. a score. He had a good game in week one against Cleveland. So he's... He did. He, had re- he disappeared. Mm-hmm. He, had a, he had a really solid week one game, and he's disappeared for the last two games, and he showed up in a big way – today so did Corey davis yeah. uh he had 91 yards receiving two in the other touchdown but uh but kind of to my wow. point about the one and three start this yeah let's this talk about that game, let's talk about what this game really means well the, this game is almost indicative of that of that one and three start it wasn't so much about what the titans did yeah. this wasn't a game that feels like the titans came out and won it so much as that the falcons didn't play to the level that they needed to to even really be in it i mean it it wasn't an overwhelm. I mean, Marcus Mariota, 227 passing yards. Derrick Henry, 100 rushing yards. Those totals coming into this game, if you had told a Falcons fan that, you'd probably like the Falcons' chances. That's not a whole lot of offense on Tennessee's part. That's now, yeah, that's typically what they do. I right. Mean, they're 28th in the league passing heading into this game. Mm-hmm. They were 12th in the league running the ball, and that's kind of what they did, right? I mean, right. But it was those three touchdowns. And the 55-yarder, that, that's what was surprising. Mm-hmm. And the lack of pressure. Yes. That was... From a group that's been getting pressure so far this season, even if they haven't been getting the sacks, yeah. but they've got a lot of hits on quarterbacks. Right. So, Not a lot of sacks, you're right. But. Yeah, but they didn't, they didn't have that pressure today. I think they finished with only four hits on, on Marcus Mariota, who can run the ball, but that wasn't the issue today. No, that wasn't the issue. So they're 1-3. Uh, we'll talk more about this game, but right now... Uh, it is what it is seven o'clock. Um, as it stands right now, the Panthers lost today to the Texans, where uh, they beat the Texans. I'm sorry, back up. The Panthers beat the Texans, and that's where the Falcons go next week. So that the Panthers are two and two. Mm-hmm. The Bucks are the ones who are still playing out in L.A. What's I don't know what the score. They is for are that. currently uh, beating the Rams, 45-33. Wow. So they chances are they will go to two and two. The Saints play Sunday night against the Cowboys, mm-hmm. and right now it is the Falcons right now in fourth place of right. the NFC South. But this is is, this is... is it panic time? No, but there are a lot of questions. Time. But to your point, every week, I don't, you know, they're falling behind, but every single week it's something. In week one, it was three turnovers and a punt uh, that was blocked. Week two, they, they bounce back and have a physical, physical game against Philly. And then week three, it's the penalties, right? Mm-hmm. 16 for 128, and seven of them end up in for first downs. And then today, it was just – it was weird. that Matt Ryan was sacked five times, a season high five times. That, to me, outside of the defense not getting pressure on Marietta, Will, to me – you know, Matt Ryan being sacked five times, and he, how many times was he hit? Uh, I believe 12. A dozen times. And he took some – there was three or four of those hits that were just They were shots. pretty big hits, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, to me, is the most concerning thing. Uh, number two, taking those shots, sacked five times. 
um, and just getting no pressure on the opposing quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's where we are right now. And Dan Quinn, you were down there for the press conference, well, um, and he said, "Look, we've got to find some answers." Yeah, they're. I mean, they're they're not happy, obviously, about this start either. I mean, but it it does seem like there is a little bit of they're still searching to figure out what is that magic formula to get these guys out here to put 17 points up on the board in the first quarter. We've seen this team do that before, and this team has such a different feel and energy to it when they are out in front of another team and they are just kind of pressing down on that team's you know, throat with their heel. And this is the way that team is kind of built to play when you've got pass rushers and you can protect the lead and let Vic Beasley and Tack McKinley loose and go after the quarterback. But when other teams are able to really dictate play because they're out to a 10, 17, 20-point lead, that makes it much more difficult defensively to figure out what they're trying to do. And then offensively, you become so one-dimensional. And that, you mentioned the the offensive line and, and the sacks and things like that as kind of your overall factor for this game. Well, I was, think for, it stood out to me. Yeah. yeah, I think the thing that stood out to me was an offense that moved the ball, but none of that mattered. All of the yards were empty calories because they could never, outside of the one touchdown run by Ido Smith and the field goal, they couldn't put any points on the board despite being able to move the ball. Yeah. So they turned it over on downs, I think, three times. It was just weird offensively to see this team get bogged down at a time when they usually don't. Yeah, I, I never like to see a quarterback throw the ball more than 50 times. Mm-hmm. Matt Ryan threw he got 53. Close. Yeah. No, he, he threw 53. He had 53 attempts today. Almost 400 yards. And that usually means you're behind, right? Yep. The running game, again, 28 yards from... Devontae Freeman, they had 58 total, um, 12, you know, 12 carries for free. It's just, mm-hmm. there's just not balance. Matt is getting hit. They're behind. Um, you talk about the empty calories, a big chunk of those empty calories, but it was kind of still great to see for me anyway. Uh, I love Austin Hooper's game and he mm-hmm. had nine catches for 130 yards and he's leading this team in receptions right now. Yeah. Um, he had a long of 28. Um, I just wish that, you know, they would look for him and they could, they could get in the red zone a little bit more and they would find him more in the red zone. Um, uh, but his, he's obviously, you know, having the kind of year we thought he'd have, he gets better every single year. Um, yeah. He's, he's benefiting a lot, but I know I, you know, I'd be remiss and our, our colleague Kelsey Conway will want me to point this out is, is Calvin Ridley, you know, finished with just three catches today. Yeah. And this comes a week after Bad drop today too. Yes. But this comes a week after Dirk Cutter said he'd like to get Calvin a little more involved in For the sure. offense. And sure. I don't know if Tennessee was doing something special to try to take him away, but you know, you've got a guy like that who can do so much for you. Yes, it's great to see Austin Hooper continue to play really, really well, but for this offense to function the way it really can, you need everybody touching the ball. And let's give – I say this, and you have to. Let's give credit where credit's due. Tennessee's secondary is very good. They they balled out today. They, they played had, really they well. tight coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, their secondary – I came away going, yeah. wow, they have a I haven't really seen a secondary, secondary challenge the Falcons receivers as much as this one did today. They, yeah. they played really well. Really well. I mean, that was the best unit – for them on the field today. No question about no it. No doubt. Um, and then I, I got to tip my hat to Marcus Mariota. He just, he's yeah. protecting the ball. He made runs when he needed to. Yeah. Um, you know, he's, he doesn't put up gaudy numbers, but he was smart with the ball. For sure. When you kind of look at this game, is, is there a moment that stands out to you as, as maybe a, a time when you thought, okay, this is where this game is going to go now. Kind of like a pivotal stretch. 
I don't know. I just it just fe- felt like from the very beginning that you know it it was almost like a here we go again. Let's get some points here. Let's get some points here. And then when they didn't, um, you know, you know what, you know, if I had to pick one moment, it would have been, and it wasn't such a big deal. But when Matt Bryant missed the field goal hmm. and it doinked off the, you, you did you did kind of score him next to me. I I was surprised. Yeah, and so that to me just in the timing of it, it was kind of like. Oh, it's going to be one of those games, maybe. Mm. Yep. So, I mean, that, to answer your question, I, I have to give you some answer. I just feel like no, I, I was, think that's a great answer. That that to me was kind of like, yeah. oh, not money met. Yeah, it, there was a there was a little bit of a sense of like, oh, damn, man, is this happening yeah. across the board? Is this just going to be one of those where? Yeah. It's almost like you're snake bitten a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I saw Matt Ryan take a shot, I was like, I just watched him. I was like, just get back up. Just get back up, <laughs> please. Just get back up yeah. because. I was like, whew, each time I'm going, that was a rib shot. That mm-hmm. was a rib shot. Matt's facing down turf. Is he going to get up? Yeah, he's getting up. That, that dude is, is tough. That's, he's he tough. He's a tough guy. And, you know, everybody was on his case last week because of the picks. Mm-hmm. Didn't um, throw a pick today. Smart. You know, you, you took care of the ball. Uh, you can't blame Matt Ryan for this one. No. Um, and kind of my my overall takeaway, the moment when I thought, oof, this, this could be a little tougher today was um, in the third quarter after they had gone down and I believe they kick a field goal on the first drive of the second half to put some points on the board. It was great momentum. Then their next drive, they face a fourth and one. Yeah. Originally, they come out with Mohamed Sanu at Wildcat. Tennessee calls a timeout. Falcons come back out, heavy yeah, formation, yes, hand it off yes, to Devontae yes, yes. Freeman. They can't pick up that first down. Yeah. I liked the idea of coming away from the 12-gauge formation, the Wildcat, after they call a timeout, because clearly Tennessee was expecting something like that and yeah. had a something prepared for it. So I like going away from that and trying something different. But to not get that first down, that to me, based off of last week's game against the Colts, when the Falcons offense came out and was firing on all cylinders in the second half right. to not see Atlanta be able to pick up that first down in a drive when they really needed it. If they had scored on that drive, all of a sudden it cuts it to seven points. That's a one score game with a quarter and a half left to play. That's open ball game at that yeah. point. So that to me was kind of a big moment where, okay, maybe we're not going to see this red hot run in the second half. Like we saw last week. Yeah. Uh, what about, let's talk a little bit more about this. Uh, you know, when Tennessee, they're up by two scores. They mm-hmm. go for it on fourth down. Yeah, it was weird. They could have gone up by three scores. Yep. Which, given it's the way Atlanta's ten- offense had played, that you, you, they should have done that. I was like, wow, okay. Weird. Maybe <laughs> they just wanted to put the you know put the proverbial nail in the coffin there. And it would have done that. It, maybe it would have done that. But um, a, a field goal which, probably would have done that too. Uh, but they, 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 Atlanta stops them. Yep. And then I'm thinking, okay, two plays, two scores. Mm-hmm. That's all they need. One score, they're in this thing. Yes. Um, but go back to Mike Vrabel, head coach Mike Vrabel's decision to go for it. Do you think that he just – I mean, was he trying to send a message? Did he just believe that he believed that he just had the all supreme confidence in his defense? Or was he like – I mean, if, if I, I'm Atlanta, I'm sitting there going, wow, that's that fires me up that you – instead of – you. You have the audacity to, I don't know. Maybe I'm looking too much. No, I I think I think to your point. I mean, for those for those people who are very not anti-analytic, but don't necessarily like this whole trust the numbers or trust the whatever the chart says movement. That was definitely anti-chart. 
on oh, any chart in the world, the it says kick three points, go up three possessions. Yes. So Mike Vrabel, I think, and I'm not going to speak for him. I've never met Mike Vrabel, but I'm sure he's asked about it after the game. I'm sure he was, but the only logical decision that I could think would be made there is you're on the road. Here's a chance where your defense has contained this offense all day long. You're right there by the goal line. So if you turn it over on downs, the offense still has to go 90 yards to, to put points on the board. So yeah, go for it. If you get a first down there, it's, it's first and goal in inside of the 10, you know, mm-hmm. you are likely coming away with points and probably end the game right there. You yeah. probably do put the nail in the coffin, like you said. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying to look up on Twitter here as we talk about this to see if anybody asked Rabel that. I just think that was kind of interesting. But as far as Falcons fans go, they could care less about that. <laughs> um, so let's let's talk about what Falcons fans care about because Falcons fans right now, are tired of hearing. I'll tell you what, I don't know if you heard it because we have a closed press box, but the Boo Birds were out today. The Boo they Birds were, were, were booing. They're not happy. Um, they were they were pretty vocal at halftime, Will, and then after the game too. Yeah. Um, they don't want to hear about, you know, hey, we've still got a quarter of the season. I, I wrote my column. I said there's just no sugarcoating it, right? They're, right. This is the reality. This is how they've gotten here. And the ra- reality is, is that you know Dan Quinn said we're we're looking for answers, mm-hmm. and the reality is they need to find some answers quickly on how to start quickly, you know, quicker to begin games, and they can't have any more combinations of breakdowns, whether mm-hmm. it's more sacks, whether it's turnovers. They've got to play a complete game and in a hurry. They they do have to, and I, I'm encouraged by the fact that Carolina won today um, and beat Houston. But I know it's a different team. But, I mean, I just thought Houston was one of those teams that was going to be a very good team. Uh, I still think they're a very good team. Yeah. But. Again, I, I don't I, – at this point, you're one and three. I don't think you're you're looking here playing the matchups. I think you got to fix what's going on here in Atlanta and, sure. and take it, you know, play by play, quarter by quarter, half by half. And, you know, we sit here and we ask them at press conferences. It's not like we're, we're ducking these questions. You know, Coach, what do you have to do to get out to a fast start? And a lot of times their answer is, you know, welcome to coaching. It, there's no magic formula. Otherwise, every team would do it. Sometimes it is a momentum thing. Sometimes it's you connect on a big play in the first quarter on your first drive. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, boom, we're rolling. We're up and up tempo. We're getting on it. And it just takes one spark to kind of get things going. And the Falcons haven't had that yet this season. And they're looking for it. I don't man. feel like they at any point today kind of had – I didn't feel at any point today during this game that – like, okay, they're humming now. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, I'm sitting here looking at my Twitter timeline, and I, and I, somebody just tweeted me and said, look, we're one cat, one missed catch, dropped ball, dropped pass away from 0 and 4. I'm talking about Aguilar's drop yeah. in the Eagles game. Um, that's, you know, that's the reality of it. The, the, they did win the game. And, and Isaiah Oliver did make that tackle yeah. on Zach Ertz, right. folks. That, yeah, Julio did score that touchdown. I mean, that, did score, this so is usually can, a one-score league. Yes. So you can play that game with pretty much any any result. But Today it was not. Today it was not. And, that, and that's the thing that I think leaving that Colts game, I know I especially felt that way, was, okay, th- this team lost the game, but they did not play like a bad team, in this, especially in the second half. So there was a little bit of optimism, I felt, leaving that game that, okay, maybe this is the start of something. I don't feel that way leaving this one. Yeah. So let's pivot to Houston. Um, 
you know, they, they go out to Houston, uh, and uh, it's a two-game road swing, actually. They go Houston, Arizona, before returning back mm-hmm. to the friendly confines of Mercedes-Benz Stadium, where they're 1-1 one one this year. Um, thoughts on Houston, Will? Deshaun Watson. This company. offensive line is going to have to uh, rebound quickly. Uh, we don't know what the deal is with Jamon Brown, who left the game and, uh, I guess, suffered a concussion. Um, but And Alex Mack suffered an elbow injury, but he did come back and fight through it because he's a warrior. But they need to be ready up front to deal with a good Houston defense uh, defensive line. Uh, J.J. Watt had another strip sack uh, fumble recovery today. That dude can wreck a game by himself. Yep. And everything Houston does starts up front with for them. So if Atlanta's offense is going to rebound – those guys up front need to have a good week. Yeah, you know, um, Deshaun Watson and Marcus Mariota, I'm sitting here, you know, putting him on a scale. One's probably a better passer than the other. And Deshaun can run, too. <laughs> he can. Um, they had some problems protecting him last year. They've tried to shore that up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how well they've done doing that. Um, and DeAndre Hopkins is as good as any receiver in the league uh, yeah. outside of number 11 here. Um, so they've got weapons What'll on be, both sides of the ball that, yeah. that uh, Atlanta's going to have to contend with. What'll be interesting for me in that matchup team does, is, but. yeah, is that Houston does tend to take their shots down the field a little bit more. I think they really like to push the ball, and they have every right to when you've got guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller and and players like that. But the Colts and and the uh, Titans today really succeeded against this zone defense when they just took what the defense gave them. When they just said, okay, that's not there. Here's a six-yard throw. All right, here's an eight-yard throw. And then they waited for kind of the, those big explosive plays to develop. I'm curious to see if Deshaun Watson is going to be that patient. If he's going to say, okay, you guys are playing zone. I'm going to hit this guy right here in the in the pocket and get a six-yard, and we'll be fine with that, a six-yard gain. So or is he going to try to force it to DeAndre Hopkins down the field and maybe allow Ricardo Allen to make a break on a ball deep or something like that that could create a turnover that the Falcons are looking for? Because the past two weeks, the teams have been content with just sitting back and taking what the defense gives them. So I don't know if Deshaun Watson's got a little bit more gunslinger mentality to him, but the Texans do like to push the ball down the field. So that'll be something worth watching. Well, whatever, Atlanta should probably study this game against Carolina pretty good because uh, Deshaun Watson was only 21 of, or, yeah, 21 of 33 for 180 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Mm. Um, Nook, Nook, DeAndre Hopkins only had five catches for 41 yards. On the flip side, Christian McCaffrey went off. Um, he had 27 carries for 93 yards and a touchdown, but he also had – 10 catches for 86 yards. Um, you know, maybe we, maybe the Falcons can get Devontae Freeman out in space. Maybe there's something to exploit there. I, I would like I, to see them use Devontae a little bit more. It just feels like the, the Falcons have yet to get Freeman really going, humming in, in, in full gear. You know, we saw a little bit early on against Indianapolis. You know, he started that game with a 28-yard run, but uh, – you know, again, what today he finished with 28 yards. So there you go. Yeah. Um, At some point, I mean, this team, a team that has Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Mohamed Sanu, Devontae Austin Freeman, and Hooper. Austin Hooper, those are five really good skill players. At some point, you just want to see this offense unleash all of it. And I know they're trying. Uh, Dirk Cutter's not sitting back on his, on his hands saying, no, we're not going to throw the ball to Julio Jones. We're going to throw the ball to Justin Hardy. I mean, they're not doing that. They're trying to get everything going, but – 
when this offense is on, it is the most fun offense to watch because everybody's a playmaker. They just need to put it together. Yeah, and the reality of it is this too, Will. At one point today, the right side of the line from starting center on was Wes Schweitzer, Ty Sombrello, and a rookie right tackle Yep. Um, named Caleb McGarry. And so it's not what they thought four games in the season that they where they would be probably, but – that's the NFL. You got to adjust, right? And uh, you know, I'm sure they're counting down the days to, to where they get Chris Lindstrom back. Hopefully, uh, Alex Max elbow is okay, um, and Caleb gets better with each snap. Mm-hmm. So, this, uh, this but was... to answer your question about those weapons, you've got to protect number two and give him time. Yeah, um, so got to give him time. Yeah. What are your final thoughts just on on today and now? Now at one and three, how do you assess where they stand, and then what the road ahead looks like? You know what? When you if you asked me in the beginning of the year um, if they would be two and two or one and three after four games, I I would have said probably. I I, I thought this was a really tough way to start the season, and uh, I know what the expectations were heading into the season. I thought that they would go. That my prediction was, and I hate predictions, but someone pressed me, and I said, okay, ten and six, four and two in division, because I think the reason I said that was because I thought it would be a rough start, especially with two rookie offensive linemen and 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 new you know new coordinators and a tough slate to begin the season you know you're talking at the time Andrew Luck and the Colts were Super Bowl uh, contenders or chic picks for the Super Bowl even without Luck they're a good team Minnesota is a good team one of the better defensive fronts Um, this team Tennessee is solid they beat the Patriots and the Cowboys back-to-back weeks you know uh, last year I just you know, it's just it's not surprising to me that they got off to and you know, you got Houston who's a very good team too. So it's not surprising to me that they would start slow this year and get better as the year goes on. That's what I think will happen still. I still believe that. I still believe when they get Lindstrom back that they will f- start finding a groove. And I think Caleb will get better as the year goes on, provided knock on one, everyone stays healthy. Um I just think that this is going to be one of those years where they go, you know, 10 and 6, take some lumps early on. Um, but the reality is this, Will, if they lose out in Houston, they're 1 and 4 um, heading into Arizona. And that's, you know, this this game is – these this league is so tight and so close week in and week out. You know, that's tough to – that's a – you want to talk about climbing out of holes. That's a, a 1 and 4 hole is not ideal. Yeah, and I, I there's a part of me that agrees with everything that you just said. I do think the good teams in the NFL continue to get better with each week, and the best ones aren't playing their best ball in September. They're playing them in November and December when it really, really matters. But, you know, at some point when we sit here and we say that, and I agree with you that the start of the schedule was tough. There were good teams on the start of the schedule, but if you believe, as I did coming into the season, that the Falcons were a good team, quite possibly able to be great, then I don't like that. That argument, yes, carries some weight, but if you're a good team, you should beat good teams. And I think that this team is more talented than the Titans, and for them to drop one at home here, one that they should win because you have a tough start to the schedule. I I thought they should have won today. Yeah, and it's not going to get any easier. Going on the road to Houston's a tough game. Arizona's a game like this. You should win that if you're a good team. But then you return home with Seattle. With Do they play the Rams or uh, the Saints? 
and you get these this tough NFC stretch and then all of your division games. So this felt like a missed opportunity. And if this is a good team, you can't miss these opportunities. And so the reality is they're at one and three. No, and you got to win at home. Mm-hmm. You, you have to win at home, and you got to stack some wins, right? Yep. Uh, no, I wrote that in my column, post game column, that this was a game on paper that it that you would have thought that the Falcons should win, could have won, and it felt like coming in that I don't. I'm not saying any team takes any. You know, I'm not saying the Falcons were taking any anyone for granted whatsoever. Yeah, I don't. I, this is just me and you talking here, and I thought that they. Probably, if you'd ask, you asked me for the game, I thought my wife asked me, "Hey, how do you think the Falcons are going to do today?" I said, "I think they should win today." The, and they, yes, and, I agree. Uh, and, and and they didn't. And so here we are. Um, plenty of time left. Twelve games to go. But yeah, got to get things the, kicking into gear. Yeah, yeah. The reality is this: uh, one and three. And you know, there's a lot of woulda, shoulda, couldas. They coulda be, they could be zero and four, and they could be two and two, and they could be four and zero. I don't know about that. There's an alternate universe out there somewhere. Um, But no, I I see your point. That you know, would it have surprised me if they just got humming and things didn't go wrong early on against Minnesota? And uh, you know, no, this team is capable. This is a very good team. It's got a good balance of veteran players and rookie players. It's um, it's got some core players. Um, but at some point that has to translate out onto the field. It has to. It has to. And, and so, um, you know, well, you know, I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of questions this week in the mailbag. There's going to be a lot of un- unhappy people um, because fans aren't happy. You heard them out here. Can't wait to read them. Yeah. And, uh, look, it's, it's off to Houston. And uh, this team, I, do you think it's a must-win game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm not I'm not going to say it's a that if they lose this game their season is over, but it's one they need to win. They it, yeah. They okay. need to get things going in the right direction. All right. That that to prove that some that the things that they're doing in practice that 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 the things they're emphasizing can get this team going in the right direction. It's tough to win on the road, but the Falcons need to find a way. Mhm. Got to do it. They've got to pick up win number 2. Yep. And on that note, we'll wrap up the awesome. end around. Awesome. Thanks, Matt. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks, Will. See ya.